Hello and welcome to Tavern Chat. I am your host, Eric Tenkar, your bartender in the OSR. And uh, today's episode, go figure, is a topic is about taverns. And, and why is it that for so many adventures, the default setting, the default kickoff is you all meet in a tavern or you're all at a tavern or you're all drinking at a tavern or at a tavern XYZ happens. And why is that? So to put this in perspective, uh, Rach and I went down to our local pub for dinner tonight and went at a time that we normally when we go, we go on a weekday, around lunchtime, around one o'clock. And we know the crowd, right? You know, the crowd is the older crowd, the retiree crowd. But tonight, it, it, it was a different crowd. We got there around seven-ish, right? You, you encounter a different crowd. But you still have regulars. You still have people that you recognize. And here's the thing. When you walk into your local watering hole, right, you expect the bartender to have the dirt on what's going on in the community. What's going on? Uh, so-and-so broke the hip. Uh Oh, well, you, you heard that there was a house fire on 55th Avenue. Oh, well, you, did you hear that there was a robbery? Because they're the, they hear all the stories, right? They're the ones that have their ear to the wall, right? They're, they're, they're the ones listening in, whether they're actively listening or not. So we take this to a fantasy RPG situation. Your bartender is the one that you expect to know all the going-ons. Are children going missing? Well, your bartender probably knows, right? Is somebody recruiting adventurers? Well, you know what? Your bartender probably knows. So it makes sense in a lot of ways for your tavern, your bar, your pub, in a fantasy RPG to be that place where characters would go either to find adventure inspiration or to find adventures themselves. Also, in a lot of towns, especially in a fantasy RPG environment, where is the only place that you're going to find ready food, right? Adventurers aren't, they don't have an established home, right? They are travelers. Well, the tavern or the pub is probably where you have either a common room at night for them to sleep in or maybe a handful of private rooms upstairs or in the back, right? And it has a kitchen. It means there's food that's being prepped. Now, really, when it comes to, when you think about it, what are, what are party members looking for when they are adventuring? They're looking for a place to sleep, a place to drink, and a place to eat. That often means your bar, your tavern, your... Um, dare I say it, alcohol establishment. Now, it's also the place where, listen, my my local pub has uh, local papers, right? Those local papers that are free and supported by advertising and they tell you what's going on in the neighborhood and who's looking for contractors, who has apartments for rent. So these, this is the place where you, you find this stuff. Now, in a fantasy RPG or fantasy setting, why not? Right, this could be a place where 
They leave flyers along that one wall or there's a bulletin board. Adventurers being sought after. Uh, missing spouse. Missing children. So all these things come into play. So don't think that just because, oh, God, it's a trope. It always has to take place. And it, it always has to kick off in a tavern when you think about it, right? When you really sit down and put your mind to it, in the average medieval town, village, uh, fantasy cognate or, or, or simulacrum of, of what we would expect in a medieval setting of our own, put that fantasy trapping on it, and it's like, where else would all these things happen? It happens in a tavern, right? Who comes in? When I'm at my local pub, almost invariably, there's somebody walking in to sell uh, bootleg clothing or bootleg DVDs, right? Why wouldn't that be the same at, at, a, at, a, at a fantasy tavern? Why wouldn't you have... People coming in and go, oh, every day, you, you know, you come in at one and five, catch the lunch crowd, catch the dinner crowd. Hey, you've got these potions, right? They're, they're, they're healing potions. And maybe they work. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't work. But these are things that you can add in. Stuff that happened at your local pub. Darts. Right? Now, my local pub doesn't have space for darts, but many of the ones I used to go to when I was younger did. Um why can't you have bar games that are going on in the midst of all this stuff? The background noise that you forget about is what makes these taverns in the fantasy setting come alive. And to overlook it, I think, is is a mistake. I mean, it's where the bards play, right? Now, in uh, my local establishment, they do karaoke on Fridays and Saturdays. No, thank you. Um, and occasionally they have live music. But there's a jukebox, right? That's your bard. You're bard on demand. And you'll get the right songs playing, get the Rolling Stones going with the right crowd. You'll get people singing along, right? Why can't you have people singing along with whatever tunes being sung at the fantasy tavern? And maybe that's how somebody goes, oh, you know that song? It's like, oh, it's about, uh, you know, the... The young men that went missing 12 years ago at the uh, at the ruins. Well, really? What's going on at the ruins? And there's a lot of ways to set it up that we don't even think about because it's such a trope that we just throw out there. It's like, oh, you all meet at a tavern. A tavern is more than just that meeting place. There is a life to it. It's got its own heartbeat, its own blood, its own conversation. And if a town has two different pubs, you might also expect to have two different environments. Why not, right? So maybe your players find one to be more appealing than the other. Just little things to think about. I, you know, I, I'd, I'd hate to think that we, we would forget about that and and, and not use such uh, to our advantage, folks. As always, we are in the midst of the world of COVID. I ask you, I beg of you, use your common sense. I'm not giving medical advice. I'm not telling you, get vaccinated or don't get vaccinated. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. I'm not saying that shit. I'm just saying, use your common sense to keep yourself healthy. Because if you're not healthy, you can't help others. Be safe, be well. God bless. Roll those dice. And uh, God willing, I will be back again tomorrow 
with a bad mic. We have a special guest. It's going to be uh, talking about, uh, I believe, a Kickstarter the Frog God has out. I don't know. Something that might have funded. Uh, Necromancer, Necropolis, something like that. Uh, we might have the uh, the author that has brought it to Swords of Woodsbury and 5e from the original E. Gary Gygax notes. So I'm, I'm just saying, we might. One might have nobody. I, who the fuck knows? Uh, folks, please tune in tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, knock on wood. God willing, I will be there. All right, folks. Thank you so much. Later. Folks, hello and welcome to Tavern Chat. I am your host, Eric Tenkar, your bartender in the OSR, and I will apologize ahead of time for the air conditioner, the AC in the background. Uh, we are having a short heat wave here in New York. Uh, like, I don't know, 95 today. It's still looking at my watch, 88. It's it's hot. It's muggy. The AC is staying on or else I will melt right in front of you on screen. And uh, I don't want that. You don't want that. So today, I guess, kind of a bit of a rant. I'm going to give you a little background on this. Um, somehow, someway, uh, this product, Caravan, with an exclamation point, can't leave out the exclamation point, was uh, one of the tabs that was open on my uh, my browser. And I looked at it, and it said it was Dungeons & Dragons 5e, BX, all this stuff, and it was billed as... Uh, a uh, hex crawl board game hybrid. And I was like, all right, it's $15 for 24 pages plus digital assets. And I started, you know, digging a little bit. And I looked at the reviews, and the reviews were a little uh, surprisingly highly um, energetically effluent. I mean, they were just like, oh my God, this is the best thing since, well, not just sliced bread. Since uh, potpourri and the, and the shitter. I mean, really. And then even the comments, which on drive-thru, usually those are questions where you get, hey, can you give me some more details on this product? Or once it come into print, instead was like, I just can't say enough great things about this. Highly recommend. So $15. I asked my community, that was you all, uh, over on the blog side and on Facebook, what I should do. And overwhelmingly, folks were like, spend the $15. So I did. And what it came down to is it appears to be, now I'm going to say appears to be because uh, they they have a, a, a legal counsel on staff, according to their credits, but uh, it appears to be uh, nepotism. Right? Nepotism is friends or family. Uh Washing each other's back, you know, making making things easy for others, and I, I found that the four people, two left reviews and two that were commenters, uh, were all play testers. Um, one of them shares a last name with the author. Two of them have credits on the design team, in addition to being play testers. So it gets a little. 
suspicious, right? Can I can I draw a conclusion? I can draw a likely conclusion. Can I say uh, without any kind of doubt? No, I cannot. But I can probably say without reasonable doubt, which would what be a, a criminal case conviction. It's it it really lines up. But it's got. And if you want to hear read more about it, go to tankcarstavern.com. Um, I put up a post today, but I'm not reviewing the game or the adventure or the product yet. That'll be either tomorrow or over the weekend. That's going to have to be a little bit uh, different, more in-depth. This was just matching up names. You know, Andre L. and Pamela C. Matching, uh, you know, Pamela C.'s last names, whatever. I'm not looking to to out people, but I am looking to see how product can have such hugely positive response the same day it releases at $15 when gamers are a bunch of cheap fucks, right? How many gamers are going to go out there and spend $15 on 24 pages of a PDF? You wouldn't spend $15 on a print book that was 24 pages, right? You're not spending it on a PDF. Personally, one that had no preview, a lot of bullshit. But again, this worked me up, and I realized listen, I know a lot of people in this community. I'm good friends with a lot of people in the gaming community. And I've, I know I've gotten some of the responses. When I say, I was like, oh, I want to cover the new release by uh, James Bond. now, well, you know, truth and advertising, James and I are good friends. I regard James as a brother, uh, and uh, I've known James for years. That does not mean he doesn't put out good shit. He does, but I am saying that so you know I have a connection. So you can say, well, maybe to somebody else, what James put out would be an eight, but because Tenkar is good friends with this gentleman, maybe Tenkar is making it a ten, Right? Because maybe there's some inherent bias. I understand there can be inherent bias. So when I cover frog gut stuff, and if I forget this, I apologize. I try to be on top of it. But when frog gut stuff, hey, I've swum in the frog gut pond. I've gone to conventions on the frog gut dime. All right? I, that's why frog gut, I don't review stuff. I may highlight new releases and kickstarters, but I don't do reviews for frog gut stuff. Because I am too connected. Now, if you are listed as design team, right? If you are listed on uh, game development, you shouldn't be fucking making any kind of commentary on this game, right? Even if you're there for typesetting and proofreading, you shouldn't be making commentary on a product that you worked on. If you play tested a game, all right, yeah, hey, I mention it. By the way, if, if, if the reason why you have this inside knowledge is because you play tested some shit, mention it. Okay, so um, truth in advertising, or ju- just to be open, I was a play tester of Caravan, exclamation mark, and. Uh, I happen to have a really good time playtesting it. I didn't find any major faults with it, and those that we did were covered uh, 
when the author updated it. And I thought it was a really great board game that used the 5th edition rules. Okay. That would be honest, right? That would be honest. Saying, great product, very original and loads of fun. The game basically is a board game where each head is a different encounter. Some are combat and others are skill-based. By the way, to build this as a BX game and then include encounters that are skill-based is bullshit. Because we, we know that BX doesn't have a skill system for this stuff. And although you might try to put one into it, it is not BX. In any case, but there is always a chance for a cool reward. I personally love the reputation awards that are gained from playing. The best part is that this is basically no prep D&D. You don't need to know what each hex has in order to make it a fun encounter. Imagine you get your friends together, but the last minute someone backs out. You don't want to move your campaign forward down one party member, but you still want to play some D&D. You just pull out Caravan and everyone is happy. I also want to mention that the board is beautiful. Really cool old school art style. So, that is, in theory, an impartial review from John D. John D., who is likely listed under game development and typesetting, proofreading, and playtesting. So, no, John, all due respect to you, you should not be offering your thoughts on something that you helped develop. Right? It's your, even if you're just the, uh, I don't know, creative equivalent of the midwife, it's, you're, you're too involved in this. Now, next one is Lauren R. A masterful homage to classic 80s modules within a structured, easy to learn environment. Let me just give you a, a real eye opener. This isn't an 80s module. It isn't a homage to an 80s module. It is none of that above. Great for newer players and fledgling game masters alike. This hex crawl board game is chock full of exciting and challenging encounters and lots of hidden treasures along the way. No game of caravan is ever the same, allowing for countless hours of fun again and again. Thoroughly enjoyable, highly recommended. Both gave five stars out of five. Five stars out of five. And then we have the comment. Like I said, when you when people make comments on the sales page on Drive RPG, it isn't usually to praise the game. It is usually to ask questions, to get more of a focused answer of what's going on. Andre L., this is a great way to really explore and perfect your character's true abilities with a board game. The cargo is what drives the adventure. If you make it back to Gold's Nest, you get payment and XP, but you have to fight off many fiends that want your precious cargo. I highly recommend Caravan. Five stars. Five stars, but it's not a review, right? This is a comment, which means it's a review. Masquerading as a comment from someone who is likely listed as a playtester. Pamela C., I have played this amazing adventure. Brilliant. What a, journey, what a joy to journey through with my sixth-level female barbarian and our fellowship, adventure, surprises, and treasure. Genius. And the artwork illustrates the author's imagination beautifully. Now, we're going to capitalize the following. Highly recommended. This was put up the same day that this released. 
So when I go likely playtesters, they played through it already the day it was released. So let's go from likely playtesters to with damn near certainty, these were the playtesters listed. Where, where is the, where is the honesty in this? Again, maybe these are their true opinions, but they are colored opinions due to the fact that they were playtesters. They are colored, they are colored opinions due to the fact that the others are on part of the development team. Uh, come on. And by the way, I forgot to mention that, like the dedication was also to like Lauren and. and it, it, Divulge your connections, folks. If you are going to do anything that resembles a review that's supposed to be opinionated. Now, if, if, if this was a paid advertisement, right? You would, I'm a paid shill. This is almost like being a paid shill, right? Because you are, and yes, they're all listed as purchasers, right? Now, why are they listed as or verified purchasers or purchasers? Likely because they got comp copies. If you get a comp copy, my understanding is you count as a verified purchaser on drive-thru. You purchased it for zero dollars. Again, not a bad thing. If you are um, a featured reviewer, I was for a while, you would get comp copies of these PDFs. Now, when you were a featured reviewer, the thought was, and I don't know if this was ever put into writing, but the understanding was, if you didn't like a product, if it was less than three stars, you just didn't review it. Maybe you sent a, a communication explaining why you thought something was bad. But if it was less than average, you didn't review it. So if you ever see a three-star review from a, a featured reviewer, somebody who is getting comped reviews, they probably wanted to give it to, but they couldn't. Right, um, so reviews are a great way to sell something on drive-through. Other, I'm guilty of looking at stuff and going, "Oh, look at that! There's no reviews for that." I, I, I wouldn't have batted an eye at this product if it didn't have these reviews. But I batted an eye at this product, Caravan, because the reviews made me suspicious, and rightfully so. All right, I will include a link to the relevant um, blog post. In the description of this episode, we are still in the midst of the world of COVID. Uh, use your common sense, folks. Right? Use your common sense. Be safe. Be well. God bless. Roll those dice. And uh, knock on wood, I'll be back again tomorrow, I believe, with Joe the Lawyer. That thing's changed. But it should be Joe the Lawyer, Dungeons and Dragons, and Discord. I think I got it right this time around. Uh, Tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern. Looking forward to seeing you. Laters.